This is J-Root Radio. To all of you, great listeners of this great station. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. I'm going to be talking about the parasha we read yesterday, Parashat Tetzaveh. The parasha starts, Ve'ata Tetzaveh et Bnei Yisrael. Hashem is commanding Moshe Rabbeinu. says to him, Tetzaveh, you shall command the children of Israel, Ve'ikhu elecha, Shemin Zaitzach, will take for you oil, olive oil, pure. Katit Lamaor, Katit is beaten, Lamaor, for light. What light? Light of the menorah. The Ha'alot Net, I mean, so that we can always have light in the Mishkan. The light was at night. Why we have night? Why do, why, why do we have light altogether? What do we need light for? HaKadosh Baruch needs light. And besides, at night, there probably was not much to do there anyway. The Korbanot were during the day. The idea is, this is a palace of HaKadosh Baruch. When you have a palace of a king, you have to have light. Regardless, it's kavod. To have kavod for a palace, you must have light in there. Now, Rashi Alav Shalom says the following. What does that mean, pure olive oil? Katit, beaten, what does that mean? He explains. Belishimarim, without any set. Hayakotesh b'machteshet. He would take what they call the mortar and he would crush the, the olive. The first drop that comes out that was very pure with no sediment on it. That's the one that was used for the uh, menorah. The rest of the oil, the, the rest of the olives, they would take them and then they will grind them and uh, the oil from there will go for other things like for minahot, for korban minham, but not for the menorah. Now, Uh, come out from here what does that mean what's what's the idea behind that now we know uh, the practical thing is you, that's the oil that you use for the menorah but there's also symbolic uh, meaning to this and you see the menorah is compared to the Torah as we say kiner mizvah Torah or okay. Torah is like light near now what just like when you talk about the menorah the oil has to be very pure so when you talk about the Torah the Torah has to be pure what does that mean pure no foreign elements into it no foreign thought no foreign philosophy or theory or practice can be mixed in in the Torah. Only what Hashem gave originally to Moshe Rabbeinu, who subsequently transmitted the oil and the menorah was the purest of the pure. 
So the Torah has to stay always the purest of the pure. And what does that mean? Teeth beaten? Unfortunate. But throughout the ages, the Bnei Israel were beaten, thrown out from country to country. However, the result has always been the Bnei Israel retained all along their allegiance to the Torah. And no matter how much suffering they endured, they always produced great out all the ages. Same with it. The olive, you beat it, it gives you pure, still gives you pure oil. The Mnesa, unfortunately, but despite the fact they suffered in every country that they want, they still always had this pure Torah with them. Now, another thing is that the Bnei Israel were compared to the oil. What's, what, what's the comparison? As you know, if you take oil and mix it with water, the oil com always comes to the top. First, the oil does not mix at all. The oil does not mix. The Bnei Israel are not supposed to mix. We don't mix with others. We do business with them, sure. Yeah, we, we, we talk, we do business, we do things, but when it comes to being close with them, it's not. We have our own customs, our own practices, and that's how it is. And the oil flows to the top, yes, because the Bnei say, regardless what they want, and regardless how much they suffer, somehow they always manage to be in the top. It's interesting to note that according to Hachamein, the menorah was the only vessel in the bed which Moshe Rabbeinu had a hard time Understanding, you could understand. How to branches, there were bowls for the oil, the flowers, the decorative cups and knobs, and and a certain amount of each, and so it was not so simple. So there are two versions in Rashi about the construction of the mirror. In one pasuk, it says the following. Look. Look. Look here. Look what I'm showing you. What does that mean? So Rashi explains. Moshe Rabbeinu had a hard time understanding how to construct the menorah. Until showed him a menorah, a fire, with everything in it, the branches, the cups, the knobs. How to do it. First he gave him instruction. That didn't work, so he showed him. Now I showed him, so he built it according to that. But that is not what it says somewhere else. It says, Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, you shall construct a menorah, pure, pure, 
pure gold. It says, Miksha Te'ase HaMenorah. Te'ase. And what she says, what's that mean? It doesn't say Te'ase, you shall do it. Te'ase, it'll be done by itself. Why? Moshe Rabbeinu had a hard time understanding how, how to construct it. Hashem said to him, Hashlech etakikalaor, just take a, a big hunk of gold, throw it in the fire, behina eset me'eleha. And then it will, the mineral will just come out as a miracle by itself. So there is here two versions. So which way was it? Was it that he showed him the mineral of fire and then he, Moshe Rabbeinu did it that way? Or was it that he actually took just a big piece of gold, threw it into the fire, and the mineral came out? Well, really, what happened is the following. Hashem gave instructions to Moshe Rabbeinu how to build it. He didn't know how. Then Hashem showed him the mineral of fire. Oh, go back to the, uh, to the board and let's see what the drawing board, let's see what we can do now. Still, he could not do it. When Hashem saw that he has so much difficulty in building the mineral, so I said, you know what? Just take a piece of gold and throw it into the fire. That's really what happened. Our question is, why Hashem had to put Moshe Rabbeinu through the whole task of working, toiling, and sweating over it? First gave him instruction, then showed him, and then afterwards, uh, why not at the very beginning? Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to take a piece of gold, put it in the fire, and that's it. And they all come out. Why did he have to put him through this whole work, this whole job, this whole task of doing it? Well, to understand this, I would like to bring up, first of all, a, uh, a story. It's not a, just a story. This is from uh, Tanakh, the story of Chizkiel. Chizkiel and Melech, King Chizkiel. King Chizkiel, by the way, was a very good king. He was, uh, uh, he was so good, so yashar, straight in the path of Hashem, that he made sure that everyone in his kingdom at the time learned Torah, which is not the same for other kings. Many, many other kings of Israel, both in the north and the south, Malchi Yehuda, Malchi Yisrael, many, many of them, well, he was a good king. But he got sick. When he got sick, the Navi, Ishayahu, Prophet Ishayahu, came to him. He says to him, Komar Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, that's it. Start making, uh, you know, in, uh, instructions and plans. Why? He's telling him, he's going to die from this sickness, and he won't live. Obviously, if he's going to die, he's not going to live. What does that mean? Well, that's a very severe punishment, really. And I mean, I mean the, 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 the implication is he's going to die in this world and he won't live even in the next world. That's pretty tough punishment. For what? So, of course, 
King Hezekiah tells Yeshua, what, what's wrong? What did I do? So you did not get you did not get married and have children. Well, now you might say, why didn't he get married to have children? Because he's so he's so that the child that he's gonna have is gonna be uh, Rasha, Mirusha. So why have Rasha? You don't want to. But Ishayah and Navi said to him, wait a minute, your job is not to look into the future. Your job is to fulfill the misfort of Hashem, period. That's it. So eventually he did get married with the daughter of Ishayah. And as he had seen Baruch HaKodesh, his son Menashe was a king succeeding him, and he was a big Rasha. It's true. So what's the idea behind the fact that he was going to be punished so severely? Well, it's one thing if a person gets married, tries to have children, but he, he fails. But at least he did his job. Hashem saying, there's a misvapiriyaviriyah. But what King Hezekiah did, he, be, he neglected altogether. You cannot neglect something and say, no. When you go bishita, I'm not going to do this and this mitzvah. That is bad. Our job is to try to do something, to fulfill the mitzvah. Try to do it. If it works, fine. If it doesn't work, well, like Alush Baruch Hu, at least he'll reward us for, for the effort of trying. This is what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu. Sure, he could have told him immediately, go ahead, take a piece of gold, put it in a fire, and then the mineral will come out by itself. But no, Hashem wants to teach us a lesson. And the lesson is, don't just neglect something because you think, oh, I can't do it. No, you try. You try your best. And if it doesn't work, still, you're going to have a reward anyway. That's the idea. When it comes to Misvot and Torah study, we must try our best regardless of what we think the outcome will be. Now, sometimes you say to yourself, look, I open a Daf Gemara. I want to study it, but well, I can't. Too hard, too complicated. Forget it. I'm not gonna even, I'm not going to attempt to do it. That is the wrong attitude. You go ahead and you try. So what happens if, let's say, it takes you one week to learn one Dav Gemara, or two weeks, and there's another guy who's very smart, maybe, and he, him, in two weeks, he can have uh, 10 Dapim of Gemara, for example. What does that mean? doesn't mean anything. He gets a schar, and you get a schar, both of you. You both get a reward. Now, Rabino Yonah gives an example. He says there was this wealthy man who had the pool that was empty. And there was a river nearby. And he wanted to fill it. He wanted to fill it with water. But he hired two people. He gave these two people, each one a pail. And he told them, go to the river, fill up the pail, and come in, 
and uh, pour the pell into this pool. And you'll be, I'll, I'll be paying you by the hour. That's just an easy job. So they go, they fill up the pail, and they come and they pour. But what happened was, the each one had a pail with a hole in the bottom. So by the time they got to the pool, hardly anything was left. So one guy says to the other, look, what are we doing? We're wasting our time. We're not going to ever fill up this pool. So the guy, the other one says to him, wait a minute, what do you care? You're being paid by the hour. Whatever, what the result is, is not so important to you and me. He will, the boss will pay us no matter what. We're being paid by the hour. That's the same thing when you're learning. When you learn Gemara or anything, you're being paid by the hour. As long as you're learning, Akadosh Baruch Hu will pay you. But we have to try. That's the lesson of the menorah. We have to make a big effort. What the result is going to be is not the important thing. It's the fact that we are doing something. And perhaps this is also the way we explain is a prayer that we recite after we uh, read the Masachet Gemara. After you learn Masachet Gemara, you make a siyum. And part of the prayer, it says over there, Anu amelim, behem amelim. We toil. And the goyim also toil. However, Anu amelim, umkablim secha. We toil. And we actually get a reward. Behem amelim, but they, the goyim, they toil. And they learn, they, they, they labor and they work. But they do not receive any reward. What does that mean? I mean, the Goyim also, they work, they get the reward. They get paid for their work, right? But there is a difference. Let's say you go to a tailor and he asks him to make you a suit. And nowadays, we don't do that that much, you know. Custom suits are very expensive. Just go to the store, buy one ready-made, and maybe a couple of alterations, that's it. But in the olden days, that's not the way I remember when I was a child. The only way to have a, a suit done is to go to the tailor. You order a tailor, and he takes the measurements. Very fine. Come back in two weeks and put it on. It doesn't fit. One of, the, one of these sleeves is short. Uh, it's very tight by the waist, and so on and so forth. So what happens? This man worked for two weeks to make you that, that suit. Is he going to get paid? No. He won't get paid. He, owns not, he does not get paid for the work that he did. He gets paid by the finished product. That's the difference between what they do and what we do. I know Amelim um Kabim We get the sakhar for the Amel, for the toil itself, not just for the result. If by if the end of two weeks you did not understand very well the Daf Gemara, you still get you still get sakhar. 
I mean, go and ask a friend, a rabbi or something, explain to you certain things until you understand it. But you still get a sakha for that, for the effort that you put in. So this is the a lesson that we learn from the mineral. Don't give up. You see there is something, there is a mitzvah, there's a brit milah going on somewhere, you know, maybe a couple of miles away. It's raining hard. It's cold. I'm not going to try. And I, 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 alone, maybe I can tell you, listen. You try. And if you can do it, fine. You know, if not for the, this idea of trying anyway, how the people, the Bnei Yisrael throughout the ages built synagogues. How do you build a synagogue? A synagogue, let's say, you want to build a synagogue today. I mean something big. I guess they'll see. Takes millions and millions. Who has that kind of money? But you know what do you do? You say to yourself, I'm not, I'm not going to let that worry me. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And then Kadosh Baruch Hu will help. That's how you accomplish things. Like, I know Amelim from Kabim Sakhar. We try and we get a reward for the trying. We get a reward for the effort. If not for that, you give up right away. As we show them, you're not going to have any Betikness or Batimikrashot. This is why we had great leaders. All throughout the ages, who've said to themselves, No, I'm not gonna let the fact that it's a very tough job, there's a huge mountain there, I cannot climb it. Don't say I cannot, somehow do it. Don't say, Oh, I cannot get up tomorrow, I have to go work early, I, you know, I don't have time to put on, time to put on the filin and, and, uh, and, and say my prayer, no good. Try anyway. Try it. And whatever you do, Hashem will reward you. Is that Hashem? Let us always try to fulfill the Mitzvah of And we do that. Is that Hashem? Please, Rabotai, I want also again to uh, emphasize the fact that this station is doing a great job in our community. Uh, please try to contribute as much as you can. And if you have any simha, please look us up at SLC. We have a beautiful social hall. We can definitely accommodate you. Shabbat Tov. And kulichem beruchim tehu amen.